Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to, or welcome back to, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to my proverbial cool kids table. You know, I started this podcast almost six years ago uh, with the intent that I would have access to really smart people who are doing cool things in the world of entrepreneurship because I know that one thing is true. And that is success leaves clues. So I am always looking for very interesting people uh, to interview. The weird thing is I get about 50 inquiries a day from people reaching out to me to be on the show. And as you know, I do two shows a week. So I usually ignore them all. But I got an inquiry from a company and I thought, ooh, that product sounds interesting. And uh, I like it when something like triggers that little piece of interest in me. So I got a pair. I got some of their product and I'm actually using them right now. Although I haven't used them long enough to be able to tell you, wow, this is great. Uh, But it's pretty cool. So today we're going to have the co-founder and CEO of Felix Gray. His name is David Roger. And what Felix Gray does is they produce eyewear for those of us who have to sit in front of our computers all day every day and we all know that that causes eye strain and headaches and everything else and I'll tell you what since we went on this sort of COVID quarantine I spend more time in front of a computer without breaks because I'm on Zoom calls uh, I'm doing keynote speeches via uh, the internet or I'm emceeing somebody's company meeting I don't get to leave the computer all day. So I thought this product sounded just like what I needed because my eyes are starting to feel it after two months. So I said, yes, David Roger, please be a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So here he is. Hey, David, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I love that intro. Appreciate it. <laughs> everybody always says they like my intros. I don't read the intros that people send to me. And I think that should be everybody's rule. Never read the intro because they like it better if you just tell your story. Um, so, but because I don't read those fancy PR person bios, I don't get to go really deep. So could you take a minute and give us a little bit about your background and about Felix Gray? Yeah, sure. So Felix Gray started, uh, I graduated college in 2013. I went in and worked for the CEO of Zappos, Tony Shea on his project to revitalize downtown Las Vegas, which is where, uh, Zappos is based. And so basically he put in 350 million of his own money into this. And we were treating real estate development a lot like software. Uh, and we had no idea if these things were going to make money or lose money. My job guy got thrown in and was like, figure this out. And so while it was really cool, it meant, you know, helping build restaurants and bars. 
ultimately meant that I was in front of Excel building financial models for 12 plus hours a day. And my eyes just started to absolutely kill me. Yep. And a lot of my friends and coworkers felt similarly. They were, you know, in whether they were, you know, a banker or now they're doing web development, they're also in front of screens all day, every day. And they're also complaining about it. So started talking to optometrists and ophthalmologists and learned that a lot of this has to do with what screens produce, namely blue light, which is high energy light that comes off the screens and glare, which is unnecessary feedback that causes the headaches, the eye strain, uh, the blurry vision, things that you mentioned at, you know, at the top of, you know, your intro. And so if you could filter blue light, you could eliminate glare, you could create a more comfortable experience. But at the time, nothing really existed that worked, but then also looked great, right? It was, was yellow say, this, and orange. Is this along the line of those like old 1980s blue blocker glasses that look oh, like you were? Yeah. I, so I like to say that, you know, if, if Felix Gray had existed when I was looking for this, I would never have started Felix Gray, but everything that existed made me look like one of the X-Men. Right. Exactly. And I, and I, and I, and I just was like, I can't wear that. I don't want to have the yellow or the orange lenses. The, it, it looked like, you know, uh, you know, hunting goggles on your face. I'm like, I'm, you know, at my office, I just want a normal looking pair of glasses that, that this works. And so we developed a proprietary way of filtering blue light. So it's really effective, but looks clear, a great way of eliminating glare. And then we use high quality European materials and really just beautiful for, you know, timeless frame design. So at the end of the day, we want your eyes to feel good. But we want you to feel good. You to feel confident who you are too. Well, I'll tell you, I'm wearing a pair right now and I usually wear contacts, but I do occasionally wear glasses. And if I was to wear glasses, I would wear these. They look great. I just, I just randomly picked them off of your website and said, those look fine. And, uh, you know, I've been wearing them for a couple hours now and uh, I can't say that, oh, wow, I feel totally better already. But uh, if I walked in, people would just assume I was wearing my, my, my specs. They don't look weird at all. Yeah, 100%. I mean, most people say it takes about a, about a week, you know, they realize all of a sudden they're like, it's not an aha, oh, I can do this. It's an aha, oh, I'm not feeling this anymore. Uh -huh. And so, you know, a lot of times we get people that'll say, yeah, you know, I went on a work trip for the first time when we could still go on work trips <laughs> and they forgot their, and then they, they forgot their, you know, their Felix Gray's, you know, at home or at their desk in, the, in their office. They're like, yeah, that's when I was like, man, this is amazing. And I'm getting a second one for my backpack. So I never lose them. So did you always think you'd be an entrepreneur? Was that like when you were in school, you thought, I'm, I'm going to go start my own business one day? So I definitely was always, uh, I guess, I didn't think I was always going to be an entrepreneur. I definitely didn't like the status quo. I didn't understand why people just like went with things just because you were told to. Um, that was from an early age. It definitely made uh, my parents struggle a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, do what you're like. I, you know, I hated the like, I guess I'm your dad. I'm your mom. Like that makes no sense. Like the rule is stupid. Like it has no idea. Like doesn't matter who it's coming from. Um, but you know, when I went to school initially, I thought I wanted to be uh, a lawyer and I like that because, you know, I still like arguing over things. I still like really poking holes in different uh, questions and figuring out better ways of solving things. But I realized that, you know, the law stuff did not allow for a big enough sandbox to really be creative and have enough fun. Um, and that's when I started getting an entre entrepreneurship. So I ended up starting a company uh, while I was at Cornell. I joined a fellowship program after school uh, called Venture for America, which is essentially Teach for America, but applied to startups and promoting entrepreneurship. That's run by Andrew Yang, who was running for president earlier this year. And that's how I got connected with Tony Shan Downtown Project. So really early into my career life and into, you know, school, I was already starting to get into entrepreneurship. Sure. So I, I want to back up to that point about you kind of going your own way and, and probably not the easiest thing for your parents. Uh, 
I have a I have a kid who uh, her um, TED talk. My my daughter did a TEDx talk when she was fifteen because doesn't everybody? Uh, <laughs> Her, her TED talk is called Go Your Own Way, and it's about exactly what you're talking about. She basically tells other kids at this TEDx youth, don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to your teachers. Go your own way. And uh, it's actually a pretty, I'll send you the link. It's actually a pretty good little TED talk from, from her. I'm going to my parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although she now is, uh, uh, she also will be joining you as an Ivy League student since you're a Cornell person. Uh, she will start in the fall if kids are allowed to go to college in the fall. Uh, she'll start at a, a different Ivy League, but uh, oh, nice! Congratulations to her. Hope, hopefully, she gets to. Uh, hopefully, she gets to go. Yeah, I, well, eventually they'll 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 bring them they'll bring them there to New Hampshire, but I think it's going to be a while. Yeah. So you know, so you didn't know that you were going to kind of be an entrepreneur, and you kind of fell into it. You had this need when you were staring at the computer. Now that you've been doing it for a while, what do you love about the life of being the the CEO and co-founder of a company? So I think, uh, you know, for, for just creating a company, I think it's, we have a core philosophy for us, which is an attitude of gratitude. And I think that's really easy, you know, as we've grown uh, and as companies do grow and they're lucky enough to grow, to get lost in the numbers, to just kind of expect, well, of course, you know, we're going to, you know, have X amount of customers today and we're going to have X amount of revenue. But that's like individual people that are taking out their wallets, sharing, you know, providing their credit card information, spending their hard-earned money buying a product from you. I think that's pretty amazing. And it's pretty amazing to create a product that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are doing that for Felix Gray. And then additionally, all the reviews, the thank you notes we get of people being like, hey, I used to deal with migraines. Those are gone. Or my eyes were exhausted at, you know, 8 p.m. when I leave the office. And now I'm a totally different person. It's like, we've had people say like, it's helped their marriage because they just feel they just feel happier. They feel more relief at the end of the day. That stuff is really awesome. In terms of being a CEO, I think that it is really uh, amazing to be in a job where you constantly get to learn and improve upon yourself every single day. That's not easy to do. Um, it's hard and it's really exciting. So I think that that's just something that from being a, from being a CEO, from being a co-founder, from being someone in a C-level position, really just being able to work on yourself every day because by working on yourself, you're able to be better at leading people and, and, and doing your job. I think that's something that not everyone gets to experience. Are there ever any days where you think, what have I done? I could still be working for Tony Shea and get a regular paycheck and not be responsible for all this stuff. Not, not at all. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So what advice then do you have for people who want to go start their own thing? Maybe they're staring at Excel spreadsheets all day long and they're coming up with their own ideas. What, what would you tell them to do? I mean, I think everyone says like, you have to do it um, <laughs> a lot. You know, it's, it's kind of obvious advice, but it also is, is like really the best advice. You, you know, everyone can talk about complaining about something. You have to do it. And if you're scared about, you know, oh, do I want to take that full jump? All right. There's ways of leaning into stuff if you're really dedicated to that, that means in the beginning you work on nights and weekends. Um, and that's how you, that's how you, maybe you, maybe you have a friend that's also passionate about that and you work together on that problem, but you really do have to take that first step. And then I say, as you're starting to build something, there's going to be so many people that are just going to want to offer advice, whether it's solicited or non-solicited. And regardless of it, that person is an amazing human being who's built amazing stuff. Like you still have a, your gut, is still really important. And like, 
uh, uh, you know, I forget the book that I specifically read. It, it was something about super forecasters. And a lot of them talk about the gut. And really the gut is like not actually anything related to your stomach. It's your brain. Just you're processing all this information. You're just not exactly sure why it's coming that way. And you should trust your gut. And so if like advice resonates with you, cool, explore that. If it doesn't, that's okay. You don't have to follow, you know, somebody to a T and you don't have to like prescriptive advice is not good advice, right? You should take everything with a grain of salt, see what resonates and explore that stuff. You should be open to feedback, open to advice, but you shouldn't just follow it blindly. I think that's, I think that's really, really good advice. So looking at what's happened to the world the last couple of months with the whole COVID and everybody having to go home and work, things like that. What have you done within your company to keep people connected? Because I think human connection, I think, is going to be the key to those who survive and thrive on the other side of this, because eventually we'll get to the other side of it. So what have you guys done? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're lucky in that we have always had a really, uh, strong company culture. And I think that first and foremost starts with trust, right? So we are not a company that is obsessed about what time you get in, what time you leave. It's about how much, you know, are you getting, we give a lot of people a lot of work. We, you know, do a lot with not an enormous team. And it is about trusting people to get their stuff done. And that's how people get judged. That's how people get evaluated. That's the feedback that goes on. It's not like, Hey, you showed up at 11 today. It's like, that's fine. Like maybe we're working until two in the morning. Like that's not my place to say. And because we start from that way and is really all based and judged on, on a merit level of what your actual work product is, it's been really easy to transition this way. And we have this high level of trust where, you know, I was reading something from maybe a business insider call and they're like, how to make sure that your employees are not, you know, watching TV and slacking off in the middle of the day. I didn't, I was like, I didn't even bother clicking on the headline because I have I have so much trust in our company and the people that are working for us that and that was a great feeling right I didn't even think about it at the time until later like wow I didn't even have to click on that because that's not a thought that's entered into my, into my mind um, and then what we'll do is you know human contact still really important so we're still big on you know getting on phone calls getting on video calls actually later today every week on Friday we have a, a game for we do like a game hang for an hour so usually put like code names or something like that some it turned into like in the beginning everyone's like kind of drinking and now the quarantine is so normalized like <laughs> no one's drinking anymore which I think kind of talks about how long quarantine has really lasted but you know that's just a nice touch point of just being able to get together and hang out and not talk about anything about work and just you know have human connection yeah I think that's I think that's awesome hey uh I got a few more questions for you before I can let you go. But first, I've got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode, it's brought to you by Podfly Production. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on growing your audience, putting out great content, and interviewing really cool people like David Roger. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, David, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing your business is doing right now? So, you know, for a very long time, uh, we sold just online. Um, and really, that was how we started. Um and it's how we've been able to grow the business. But as we've changed the business model over time, we're now working in a lot of different ways of 
having other opportunities for people to buy Felix Grey. So we're starting to work with optometrists and refer uh, for them to refer Felix Grey to their patients. We're working, um, we have a potential test with Amazon coming out. We're, we actually launched our own store, uh, which quickly closed down amid everything with COVID, but was backed by Westfield, which is, you know, one of the highest end malls in America. So really 2020, a lot of it is focused on, you know, up until now you could only buy and find Felix Gray through shopfelixgray.com. Well, now our goal is that you can find and discover us in a multitude of different channels. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I like to ask the people who come on the show who they admire in the world of entrepreneurship. Because let's face it, David, we could talk about you. We could talk about Felix Gray all day long. But I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask people like you, when you look out into the entrepreneurosphere, that world of entrepreneurship, who do you say she or he, they're doing cool things? I think a lot of people are doing really cool things. I think someone that we've gotten uh, very close with is an advisor us named Dave Heath who is the founder of Bombas, which is a you know, very large stock company. They have a give back program. I think it's amazing what they've been able to do culture wise. So they've scaled that business up pretty significantly. And that's followed with, you know, a lot more employees. People still love working there. They're always listed as one of the best places to work. And it's because that is a huge focus for Dave and his co-founders is how do we create an environment that people love working that can foster collaboration and there's a lot of trust. Um, and then I also think that it's amazing that, you know, there's all these businesses that raise tons and tons of money. And I think it's really cool to see businesses built in a more old school way where they raise a little bit, but they're not raising tons. And, you know, Bombas was able to do that. You know, they, they, they sell, you know, hundreds, I don't know, they sell millions and millions of socks, but they didn't raise tons of money from venture capital. I think that that's really cool. And especially when I was growing up and, you know, in college, I talked about this earlier as I guess I was getting into entrepreneurship, venture capital was such a huge deal and startups and how much funding you were. And it was really like, a, like a measuring contest around like who had raised more money. It wasn't who's building a great business. And it often takes five, eight years to like see where that actually nets out where these companies that started off as these like, you know, you know, beautiful, shiny objects because of the money that they raise are honestly just like garbage. And it's really awesome to see people who have built companies that are there to last um, for their employees for and for their customers. So the last question I ask everybody, and I think your, your mentioning of Bombas is a great uh, a transition into this, is I love to ask everybody what they do to give back to the greater good. Because I think being an entrepreneur, it's about more than making money. I mean, money's important, but I think there's there's more to it. I think we all have to find our own way to, to give back. So what do you do? So we do a variety of things. One, I think that we're lucky that we have a product that makes people inherently more happy. It relieves issues that they deal with. Um, and that's Again, like I said uh, at the top of this, you know, one of the things that is a highlight for me, I read every single customer review that we still get. So, you know, that's a lot of, there's, there's negative stuff and that's, you know, how do we improve? But then there's a ton of positive stuff. And all those thank you notes of people saying how this has helped them is really powerful. At the same time, we also want to give back, you know, in addition to what we're doing product-wise. So we do a lot of different uh, fundraising things throughout the, you know, the year we work with companies like breast cancer research fund and do different color drops to be able to support different things. Um, and then 
we're working just back channeling. We don't even really promote this, but we work with our uh, suppliers right now in China to try and get more and more masks into hospitals, specifically in New York. So my dad's a doctor. He's in Queens, which is very hard hit. My mom was a nurse, now manages his practice. So I come from a medical family. And so being able to work with our suppliers and then wanting to help because of the human connections that we've built, it's not even something that we're, we don't promote that. We don't put it in that. It's just like, Hey, we have this ability we have, and we have this ability. So we have this responsibility to do that. So, you know, some of the stuff is outward facing like breast cancer research fund and things like that. And other things is just us using our resources to, to do good. Nice. I, I love that. So if somebody's listening to this and they think I need a pair of Felix Grays or they want to know more about you, how do they find you? Yeah. So you can go to, you can Google Felix Gray, uh, but you can go to shopfelixgray.com and then you're going to see a bunch of different stuff out there. And so it's really important that, you know, when we started in 2016, there are these yellow orange lens types and then there's Felix Gray. And we developed this proprietary way of saying, look, if you want to have a clear lens, it also has to be highly effective. Now, a lot of people are just kind of copycatting. They're hopping on. They're saying, oh, yeah, blue light is growing. Let me check off that box. But most of the stuff that you buy that's clear is actually not effective. It's filtering only about 2 to 3% of blue light where it actually matters. We filter 30% at that same level. So if you go to shop, you go to try.shopfelixgray.com slash not all blue light, you'll actually be able to see what's so special about our technology and why it's really important. And ultimately it comes down to the fact that nine out of 10 people who wear Felix Gray report significant improvement. So you know that the product works and Tom, I'm excited for, you know, I know you're only just started wearing your pair today, but we'd love to stay in touch over the next couple of weeks and, and, and see your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing them. It's all psychosomatic. I'm staring at the computer cause we're doing this interview over zoom and I'm thinking <laughs> I, these are like magic. I think, I think they'll work. So, so I, I, well, de- I, I definitely like them and they look sharp. I look smarter because I'm wearing my Felix Grace. Well, you, you do look good in them. You do look good. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your time here. I say it every episode, though. Uh, we appreciate the guests, but if it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. So uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as David Roger. And you're thinking, what, Tom, how will you ever find anybody just as cool? We do it. And I'm every, definitely cooler. You know, we do it every time. Every, everybody who comes on this show is cool, David. It's, it's, <laughs> it's that minimum bar. Everybody makes it. Uh, but we'll be back in a couple of days. In the meantime, everyone, go out there and flux your entrepreneurial muscles. You know, we need that more than ever with what's going on in the world. Uh, and make sure your ladder is against the wrong wall. Nothing worse than climbing the career ladder only to find out, oops, it was in the wrong place. And then finally, while you're out there doing all this stuff, Try some new things, have fun, and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.